Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful and deep Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Kisisa. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Shabbos Parshas Mishpatim, which was also Parshas Shkolim, and it was also the Shabbos that blesses the month of Adar. Just like this year, it's Parshas Mishpatim, Parshas Shkalim, and the Shabbos that blesses the month of Adar. In the year, Tafshin Lamed Aleph, 52 years ago. The Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Hasidic discourse in honor of Chaf Bey Shvat, the 22nd day of the month of Shvat, which is the anniversary of the passing of the Rebbe in the year, Tafshin Nun Aleph, 20, uh, 20 years later, so it's 32 years ago. So again, the Hasidic discourse is based on the verse of Parsha Shkolim, the second Torah that we read in Shabbat, where the, where the Torah says, Kisisas Roish B'nei Yisrael, when you're going to count literally translated when you pick up you're going to count the head of the Jewish people Lifkudehem Lifkudehem so the Torah says how should you count them everyone's going to give an atonement to the soul that's what it says in the, that's what it says in the Chumash in the Torah the Rebbe brings what it says in the Talmud that Moish Rabbeinu tells Hashem God in heaven how are we going to pick up the Karen, which will soon learn different insights, what does Karen mean? But obviously referring to the strength of the Jewish people, how do we pick up the strength of the Jewish people? So Hashem responded to Moshe Rebbeinu, when you'll elevate. That's what the Talmud says. Rashi explains, what does that mean? And Rashi explains, if you want to elevate the head of the Jewish people, what you should do is take from them a koifer, an atonement of charity. So the Rebbe says, seemingly, what's the connection, our Shem's response to Moshe Ben and Kisisa, by, and, and that will accomplish elevating the power of the Jewish people carrying Israel, because what does Kisisa mean? Kisisa means to elevate. So if you so Hashem is telling Moshe you want to elevate the head of the Jewish people, Kisisa elevate it, almost like cute. That's what Rashi says. The Rebbe says, one second, what we have to understand here. In other words, when Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, "How am I going to elevate the Karen, the power of the Jewish people?" So if he should have responded to him, let him give a let him give a koifer, let him give an atonement of charity, like Rashi explains. So what is Hashem responding? You want to know how you can elevate it? Kisisa, elevate it. In other words, that the elevation of the Jewish people's power is going to be by elevating it. So it's the same thing. He asked him, how do you elevate it? He says, elevate it. But what's the response? Rashi, Rashi explains it. Okay, let them give a, an atonement of charity. So if that's the case, why didn't Hashem answer that? So that's question number one. Next question I've asked. In other words, what does it say in the verse? In the verse says, Kisisa, if you want to elevate them, so it says, Venosnu. Each one will give an atonement to the soul, of their soul. In other words, how does the atonement take place that the Jewish people give a gift of charity? But what does Rashi say? It doesn't say they're going to give. He says, if you want to elevate them, you're going to have to take from them. Technically, you can say it's the same thing. What's well, if they give or they take? Technically, they, they're transferring the, the the gift that they're giving. But the fact is, there's a big difference. In the Torah, saying you want to elevate it, so give. It's, it should come on your own. The Rashi in the, in the Talmud is saying no. It's not that they're giving. But Moshe has to actually take it from them. So that's another question. Another question I've asked. 
We also understand the, expre- the expression in, in the Torah where it says, Kisisa Shroish B'nai Yisrael. So in the Torah it says, Kisisa Shroish B'nai Yisrael. When you pick up the head of the Jewish people. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't speak out the Roish, the head. He says, how are we going to elevate Karen? He calls whatever we're elevating the Karen, the, well, technically it translates a horn, but the translation of the strength of the Jewish people. So the verse says, elevate their head, and Moshe uses an expression of Karen. The question is, why the different expression, and what does Karen mean? So the says he's going to explain it as follows. Based on what is brought down in different Hasidic discourses, and specifically the Rebbe says the Hasidic discourse called Kisisas Roish B'nei Yisrael, and they explain like this, that when the Torah says Roish, referring to the head of the Jewish people, what is the head? We're not talking about the physical head. So Roish is referring to, on a spiritual level, and I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate it, the Avativis, the, the natural love that we have for Hashem, which is above intellect. So we all know we have the body, we have our heart, then we have our mind. So we have our intellectual comprehension of the greatness of God. But we also have something which is above our head. What's, a, what's, what, what, what's above the intellect? What's our head? Referring to our natural love for Hashem. That's what Kabbalah says. What does Rosh mean? Our natural love for Hashem. So that's simple insight in Kisisa Rosh. Rosh referring to what, are we, what Rosh are we talking about? We're talking the love that we have for Hashem. The brings another verse in the prophets that says as follows. That my sins weigh down my head. And as when a person sins, you don't do what Hashem wants you to do, or you do the opposite of what Hashem wants you to do. So it literally weighs down your head. What does that mean it weighs down your head? So the, so the Rebbe explains, because when a person sins and rebels and doesn't do what God wants or misses an opportunity to what God, God tells him to do, so what happens is it creates a blockage on the head of the soul, which again, we know already what head means is referring to the, the, the natural love that we have for Hashem, which is above intellect. And what, what, what it does is it creates a blockage that that love should not be um, expressed in a revealed way in our internal powers of our intellect and our emotions. So the Rebbe is explaining two important points. Point number one is, what is Roish? Roish is the natural love we have for Hashem. Every one of us have a love for Hashem. We have it. Now, naturally, what's supposed to happen, if we love Hashem, we should feel it intellectually. We should comprehend it intellectually, that natural love, and we should feel it emotionally. So when life is good, yeah, we're inspired. Intellectually, we understand, and we connect to the love that we have for Hashem. Emotionally, we connect to it. But what happens, unfortunately, when we sin against Hashem, so the love we have, but it does not penetrate into our intellect and into our emotions. So the, what, by, by sinning, we create some, a blockage. A blockage where, again, the, the love that we have does not felt in our intellect and our emotions. So, so that's why the verse says, says In other words, to elevate back the head. Because even though, you're going to say, what do you mean, elevate the head? The fact is, what did we just learn? What does Rosh mean? The natural love. The natural love, that's something we all have. We all have it. Sometimes it's, 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 it's revealed in our intellect and emotions. When we sin, unfortunately, we don't have it. So if that's the case, what does it mean, elevate the head? In the head, it's not possible to create, I'll say in Hebrew, I'll translate, we can't, we can't defile that. We can't affect that in a negative way. But nevertheless, even though the, the natural love is always there, but, but the fact that the, the natural love which we all have, is not shining in a revealed way 
in our powers of our intellect and emotions. So that's a downgrade for the for, for, for the head, so to speak, for that love that that happens through unfortunately through that we, through sinning. In other words, so it's not God forbid that when we sin we lose that natural love. We never lose that. The 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 defect is in the revelation and the intellect and the emotions. So what does mean kisisas rois? We have to elevate the head from the fact that it's not being able to penetrate into our intellect and emotions that it should be, that it should be able to break through. Okay, so this is an important piece. Just to recap, and we'll go for, for, forward. What Rebbe is saying is, what is roish? Our natural love. When we sin, unfortunately, that natural love does not go through, it's not shining in our intellect and our emotions. So when Kisisa is right, it's not that we have to recreate that love, the love we have. We have to open up the blockages that, that the love should go through into our intellect and our emotions. Rebbe says to point out an interesting idea, that in Lekut Torah, which there's a classical Hasidic discourse from the Alter Rebbe, in the Hasidic discourse, Shuvah Yisrael, um, Return Jewish people because Kikashalta, like the verse says, because unfortunately he stumbled by sinning. So he explains what does that mean we have to return and we stumble. So he gives an example of somebody that gets injured in his, in his feet. So when you get injured in your feet, even though technically only your feet are injured, but it affects your head because your head falls down. You get, what do you mean? Why is the head falling? Because that's the fact. Because the feet is part of you. When you're injured in your feet, your head falls down. So based on that, you can possibly explain what does it mean elevate the head? Because since the head fell down because of the sitting on the bottom, so you can say that's why you're elevating the head. But he says, but the fact is, it, 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 we don't learn it that way. What do we learn? No, that the head is, is, is solid. The only thing what's lacking, it's not penetrating into intellect and emotion. Why is that? And Rebbe explains very simple. Why don't we use the simple in, 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 way the author explains in the Torah? Because in these Hasidic districts, we're talking about after Yom Kippur. After we already had atonement, after God forgave us, and there was this God forgave us with joy and with a, with a complete heart, and as God said clearly, Salachti, I forgave you, just like you wanted. And so even though God forgave us, so there's nothing wrong with the head, the love is there. But unfortunately, what, what's left over from the sin, after, even after Yom Kippur, is referring to the, the will which is above intellect, which is not being revealed in an internal way in the intellect and emotions. And that's why it says, that we have to go ahead and elevate the head, that the head, the, head, the, the love should penetrate back in to the intellect and to the emotions. Now there brings a powerful verse from uh, <clears throat> Lamentations. So it says as follows, that what happens is, when we God unfortunately sin, so God knocks out with, with tremendous anger the Karen, the power of the Jewish people, which basically means that when, a, when we sin, there literally is a Yerida, there's a downgrade in the Karen, which now we're going to see what does Karen mean, it's the part that's even above the head. So based on the verse in, in Lamentations, what do we see? That when a person unfortunately sins, you have not only your read on the head and the avativas, but even it, based on that verse, it's actually even a higher level called the Karen. So based on that, he explains, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu said, because till now we learned Kisisas Roish, only the Roish, but now we understand why Moshe Rabbeinu says, but man, how are we going to elevate the Karen of the Jewish people? Why? Because since it says in Eichel Lamentations, God's going to knock out the Karen, which is above it, so therefore Moshe is coming back and saying, hey, how do we elevate that Karen? 
In other words, we have to elevate the the karen, the with the horn, so to speak, the strength which is above the head. Now, this level of karen, so it's a term, it's a term, it's a translate. What does it mean practically on a kabbalistic level? So, so this is brought down. The author explains in the Kutli Torah what does karen mean. Karen is referring to the level in the sphero, the highest sphero, which is keser. So, referring to the keser, the crown of the Jewish people. So, everybody asks a simple question. Now, this that we're saying is that the karen, which is the crown, which is above the head. So it's not only above the head, which referring to the the in, in the head we have the head, but inside the head you have the intellect, the brain. But you also have in, so you have the head. In the head you have the brain, and on top of the brain you have the gulgoilus, the skull. Now, so you have the you have the brain, you have the skull, and you have the karen, which is even above it. Now, what did we just learn? What is the karen? What does the zoya say? The zoya says the karen is kasser. But the fact is, we know that the gulgoilus. The skull, which is on top of the of the brain, that is Kesser. So, what, so that's the case. What's this new idea of Karen above the head? We just learned that what Karen is above the head, and that's Keter. But we know already that Logogoyles, a level below, is Kesser. So, what's the difference? And Rebbe explains that the Gulgoyles, yes, it's Kesser, and it's Makif, it hovers over the Moyach, which is more premious, where we comprehend things. But the Gulgoyles is Kesser, and it's Makif, which has some kind of connection to the idea premium of the intellect. Just like, for example, the skull, which hovers over the intellect, over the, over the, over the brain. But, so it's over it, but it has a connection to it. However, the Karen is referring to a level of makif that hovers over, which is which has no connection to the internal part. And like it's explained many many places in in, in, uh, in Exodus, based on the verse that says, "By Yoren Karen la'amo," he elevated Karen for the people. So, what is that referring to? It's not just referring to regular kasser, which has a connection to the chacham bina, but it's referring to. Atmos Oyrein which is above Soivev. The essence of the infinite light of God, which is above Soivev. And the same thing also when referring to the soul. So when we say Karen, elevating the Karen, referring to what? The essence of the soul. Now, so based on this, Job asks a simple question. He says, well, nothing's really simple, but they're asked a simple question as follows. What does Moshe Reina say? Moshe Reina says, Tashem, how are we going to elevate Karen of the Israel? Now, what did we just learn? What is Karen? So Karen is Keter, but it, it's not Keter where it has a connection to, to Chachman Bina. It's referring to the h- higher level of Karen, which is referring to the Atmos Oyen Saif, and in the Neshama it's referring to the essence of the soul. So Moshe Man's question is about the Karen, so, w- referring to the essence of the f- soul. How is it possible that it should even be a downgrade in the essence of the soul? If we're dealing with the essence of the soul, how is it possible? How you, the essence of the soul was never downgraded. You need to elevate it. Shrebbe says, we can say as follows. And this is a very, very important Kabbalistic idea. And Rebbe says like this. What is the intent why the soul came down to this world? The reason why the Neshama came down, it was connected to the infinite God. It was on high. It was together with God. Why did it come down to the world? It came down to this world to make an impact. To make an impact on the physical body and the materialistic world. Now, so in other words, the neshama is not here to sit and you know have coffee and to go for go on vacation. The neshama is on a mission. The neshama is here twenty or seven has a mission, has a plan. What it the neshama wants to do, the soul wants to do. It wants to elevate the body. It wants to elevate the world. Now, so what happens is when the neshama is focused and it cannot fulfill its mission, 
So then what happens, there's a downgrade in the Shom. He came here for a reason, so he or she, the soul came here for a reason. It can't fulfill its reason, its mission, so now it's a downgrade. Not only is there a downgrade, actually, it's actually there was a downgrade in the essence of the soul. Because the essence of the soul did come down here. So based on that, what do we see? That the, the soul's coming down for a mission, and when it can't fulfill its mission, so it is a downgrade for the soul. So based on that, the Rebbe explains when a person, unfortunately, doesn't, for example, misses an opportunity to do a positive commandment or transgresses a negative commandment, and a person transgresses against the God, so the soul feels unfulfilled. It's not doing its mission. So it affects, it's a downgrade even in the level of the, of the highest level of the soul. <clears throat> now, so it affects it on which level? So what happens like this. So it affects it, there's the level of the roish of the neshama. And because the fact is that in reference to the roish, which we said already before, that's the level of keter, which has a, some kind of connection. Even though it's above it, it hovers over it. But it has a connection with kaiches primi, the intellect and emotions. So it, it affects that level, which has some kind of a, a, a connection. Because again, it's a makif, the roish, but it has a connection to primi. And therefore, all, all the, the revealed the revealed attributes of intellect and, and, and emotions affects the Reish. Now, it doesn't affect it where God forbid the, the, you lose, the Reish we said as well, the, the love for Hashem, he doesn't lose its love, but it's not expressing itself. Now, what happens when it's not expressing itself, in other words, it, it's not that, the, that it, it, it create the the Reish, the, the, the essence all changes. But it's not fulfilling its, it's not fulfilling its, 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 its mission. It came here to bring godliness into the world and it can't do it. So based on this, Trevor explains what it says, what, what, what it says in Eichel Lamentations, that Gada, a uh, caring Israel, that he cut off the Karen of Israel, and it's just like by, literally by a horn, on, on a literal level, that what happens is, when the horn gets disconnected from a head, so it doesn't have the same power that it had before. The horn is the horn. But when it's connected to the animal, it has the power. It can go do things. But when it's disconnected, so the, the horn remains the horn, but it's not connected to its source. So it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that the horn is now with something else. The horn is the same horn. The only difference is it's, it's disconnected. So the same thing also applies to the, the Karen of the Neshama, the level of the, of the Keter of the soul. Now, so... It's not like the soul changes. The soul is the soul. But since it cannot do its mission of impacting the intellect and the emotions, so it doesn't feel fulfilled. And since it doesn't feel fulfilled, it's actually a downgrade for it. So the Rebbe is explaining beautifully in these sayings like this. You have the Neshama, and you have the, 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 the different levels of Keter, and it's here for a reason. It's here to make an impact. If it can make the impact, wow, it feels great. If it doesn't, it's not that the neshama changes, the love changes, but it has no way to express itself, so it's a downgrade for it. So based on this, Rebbe explains, this is why when, when, when um, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, Yisrael, when you're going to elevate the soul, so there's two components over here. One, one component is literally, like it says in the parsha, that what? You should elevate the head of the Jewish people. Like the verse says, elevate the head. How they're going to give an they're going to give an atonement. But there's another idea which is, doesn't say obviously in the Torah in the written part of the Torah, but it's revealed in the oral part of the Torah. 
that when, when you go ahead and elevate the head, so then not only is there going to be an elevation in the head, but there's also going to be an elevation in the Karen, in the high level of Keter. And like, 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 like the Talmud says, tell, tell, um, uh, t- tell them the kisisa when you elevate it. In other words, when you do kisisa, he didn't say do something else. When you do kisisa, you will elevate not only the head, but you'll also, which is referring to the inner law, but you also elevate the level of kesser. So based on this, Rebbe explains beautifully, he says as follows. What did Rashi translate in the Talmud? That if you want to go ahead and elevate, the Jewish people, so then you should cock them, you should take, not they should give, but you should take from them an endowment of charity. Not that they should give, not that they should give charity, but you should take from them. Like, like it says in the verse that you should give or you should take from them. Why? Because when you just want to elevate the head part, the inner love, that's enough, they should give an atonement. But in order to elevate, that's even, elevate even a higher level, the level of Karen. So that is only possible when Moshe Rabbeinu comes along and takes from them. If you want to elevate in the higher level, then Moshe has to take from them. So in other words, Rebbe is explaining as follows. As follows. There's two major things that are happening, happening here. There's the elevating the head, and then there's the elevating the Keter, the higher level. So when you're dealing with just elevating the head, so the Jewish people give, they give charity, boom, they elevate the head. Their, their love starts penetrating into the intellect and emotions. But if you want to elevate the Karen, the higher level of Keter, that's not enough they should give. Moshe Rabbeinu has to come and he actually has to take them. Why is that? Now they're just going to explain it. And he says as follows. We're going to understand it based on introduction, based on what it says in this week's parasha. So it says, the Torah says, Im kesef talbe esami. God is saying, if, certain commentary, God is pleading with us, but God says, Im kesef talbe esami, when you, when we go ahead and we borrow, we lend people money, and those obviously we know without interest, when you help somebody out with a loan, and you're technically doing charity, so the literal translation, Im kesef talbe, if you lend Money, as ami to my nation. So what does it say in the Medrash? That Hashem is really saying, im kesef talva, if you're going to go ahead and lend someone money. So the literal translation is, as ami my people. But the Medrash says, at imi. It knows, not ami with a patach underneath it, which means my nation, but it changed from a patach to a chirik. So at imi, you are with me. So what God is saying is, Based on the Medrash, when you go ahead and you do tzedakah, you're with me. When you help somebody, somebody's in need of a loan, and you go ahead and you help them, you help them get on their feet, God says, you're with me. You're in the, you're in my private club. And it's brought down the Chesedic discourses. Wow. What is God saying here? That by going ahead and doing gemilos chesed, lending somebody money, it's so great that God says, you're with me. We're together on the same team in the same club. We're one. And those Amy, you're with me in, in, in my courtyard. You're with me. Why is that? I mean, it doesn't say about anything else. But only specifically when it comes to lending soul money, doing the gift of literally helping somebody, God says you're with me. So it's brought down in and explains based on a verse. That says, in the prophets, God says, and it's a very powerful verse. Ki chefe, ki, I'll say in Hebrew, I'll translate it. Ki chesed chafatzni, 
God says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want you to do chesed. You want to do something amazing? You want to do something that I want? Don't sacrifice. What you should do? Do chesed. Help somebody. In other words, one second. The fact is, why do we bring sacrifices? Because God instructs us to bring a sacrifice. So in other words, so technically you're saying, no, God said, I don't want your sacrifices, I want your chesed. But God instructed us. God told us to bring sacrifices. And we know there's a lot, a lot of commandments in the Torah. Look in Leviticus, all the different commandments about those sacrifices. But nevertheless, it's brought down in chesed and explains like this. What's the whole spiritual accomplishment of a sacrifice? So in the world of a Kabbalah, sacrifice is called um, a, an elevation, milmato lemailo. You're taking something physical in this world, an animal, you're, you're burning it up, you're consuming it, and you're bringing it on high. It's called milmato lemailo. That's what the, that's the impact of spiritual impact of sacrifice. You're elevating the physical and turning it into something spiritual. But we all know the ultimate intent is not to elevate the physical world and to make it a spiritual world. The ultimate is that to bring down godliness into this world, not to get rid of the world. No, to bring godliness into the world. It's called milmaila lamata, bring God down into this world. Why is that? Because we know it says clearly, God wanted to make a dwelling place down in this physical means it wanted the world to be physical, materialistic, but nevertheless, God should be able to be revealed over here. So the goal is not to get rid of the world, to burn the animal, elevate the world. No, the goal is to bring godliness into the world. So therefore, the will that Hashem has for sacrifices, not in the sacrifice, not the sacrifice itself, but the intent of the sacrifices. The whole purpose of the sacrifice is not, God forbid, to get rid of the world. It's, it's in order that you should draw down godliness through it afterwards. Like we know, together with the sacrifices, there was, there was nechas, nesachim, there was libations. Like the Talmud says clearly, a powerful piece in the Talmud, the Talmud says like this, that whoever goes ahead and um, says Shema, Shema Yisrael Shemayin and if you're a male that's over a mitzvah, and you say it without putting on, without putting on tefillin, you're supposed to wear the, the black straps, that's like bringing a carbon oil, a beautiful sacrifice, you're giving it totally to Hashem, but you're bringing, you're bringing the sacrifice without the carbon mincha, and, or it's like bringing a sacrifice without the libations. In other words, what do you see from here? That when a person brings a sacrifice without the libations, the, 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 the sacrifice is, 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 is worthless. Why? Because the whole purpose of the elevation of the sacrifices is by afterwards drawing down the godliness down back into the world. So therefore, the will that Hashem had for the sacrifices is almost like, in Hebrew, it's called the external will of Hashem. Like, for example, there we give an example. Let's say a person wants to go from point A to point B to buy merchandise. So why is he going there? He's going there because he, want, because he wants to go there? Or he's going there even because he wants the merchandise? No, he's not going there because he wants to go there. I mean, technically he is, on an external level. And technically he's going there because he wants the merchant, but it's not really what he wants. He wants to be able to buy the merchant's ice, go afterwards and sell it, and he's going for the profit. So when a person takes a trip from point A to point B to buy merchandise, to sell it, his old intent is the profit that he has afterwards that he can live with. Now, could you say he's not going there? Sure he's going there, but is that his ultimate will? Is that his internal will? No, because if he can have the profit without going and buying and selling, he would do it. So his ultimate goal is the profit. 
So the same thing also, yes, in order to draw down godly light, you have to have a sacrifice. But the ultimate goal is the primius haratin, the internal will of Hashem is that godliness should be brought down to this world. So based on this, Rebbe explains, that's why Hashem says in the prophet, Ki chesed I want chesed, I want kindness. I don't want the sacrifice. In other words, what is my... Chafatzli comes from the word of chaf, it's desire, deep desire, it's, it's, it's the higher level of keter. And words, what is the primius harot saying? What is the internal will of Hashem? That there should be chesed, there should be kindness down in the world. We're in this world. Now, and to, to take it a step further, a step deeper, Rebbe says, let's look at the simple verse. Ki chesed chafatzli. What does Hashem desire? I desire chesed. And not what? Not sacrifice. So what does that mean? We're talking about even with a sacrifice that comes with libation. So you have the sacrifice, you're elevating it, and you're coming down. God says, no, 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 I still want, even when a case where you have the real complete sacrifice. You know, so you're, you're burning it, but then you bring it down. I still want the chesed. Why? Because the fact is when you bring a sacrifice and you bring libations, the main thing is a sacrifice. The libation is secondary. But, but on the other hand, when you're doing chesed, the main purpose is to draw down godliness into the world. And like we see clearly where it says in the Talmud, and it's brought down in many Hasidic discourses, that based on the verse, where God says that if you're going to be atoned um, in, uh, in my house with, with, a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a sacrifice, so, so God says that don't think you're going to be atoned by respect by a sacrifice. In other words, you cannot, you know, you're not going to be, a, you know, God says you're not going to be atoned by a sacrifice. How are you going to be a sacrifice? Okay, how is, what is the atonement? So if you want it, those God says, don't think you're going to sin, you're going to bring a sacrifice. So what, what could bring the atonement? You could, will be atoned by learning Torah and Gemilus Chasadim, doing acts of, doing acts of kindness. In other words, that means even the atonement, the carbon mincha, which already, um, or libation, which is, which is bringing down the godliness into the world, doesn't come close to the atonement of learning Torah, because you're bringing godliness into the world, and doing chesed, doing acts of kindness, charity. Why is that? Because the general idea of all the sacrifices is all about elevation. But, Obviously, in a sacrifice itself, you have the, the mincha and the nasachim, the, the libations, uh, uh, that, that draw, bring down the godliness into the world. But the, but, but the real drawing down godliness, where it's focused, the premius, the internal part of the whole experience of bringing godliness into the world. When you learn Torah, you bring godliness into the world. This world stays, stays the way it is. The only thing is you have the light of God. And when you do chesed, you have, the, you have, you have kindness that comes into the world. Not only that, the says, even the Torah, even the even when you draw down godliness into this world through Torah, and as we know, it says in um, in, in Mishlei in Proverbs, we say in Ashes Chayel from King Solomon. So it says, what is Torah called? It's called Torah's Chesed. In other words, Torah is called Chesed. Why is Torah called Chesed? Because the whole idea of Torah is to draw down godliness in, in, into this world. But nevertheless, if you have Torah, which is purpose is Chesed, and you have Chesed itself, Chesed is still more drawing down godliness into the world. And there brings a very powerful teaching in the Talmud. It says as follows: that it says that Rabbah, one of the great rabbis in the Talmud, that his main occupation was learning Torah. So that means he was drawing down godliness into the world. He lived for how many years? Forty years. On the other hand, Abaya, that he learned Torah, but he also was busy with doing acts of kindness. He lived for sixty years. That means he had an upgrade of fifty more percent years of his life. 
Learning Torah is amazing. He got 40 years. But on the other hand, Abayah that learned Torah in the middle of got 60 years. And the brother brings out the point out. This that we're saying, that we draw down godliness into the world through Gemilus Chassad and by acts of kindness, it actually goes down even deeper into the world. Deeper than when you draw down godliness from the libations by a sacrifice. And even deeper than learning, than learning Torah. But it, and not only is it referring to specifically the act of lending someone money, but any act, any acts of any acts of of, of a mitzvah. Because as we know that gemilas chasadim, doing charity, that's the, that's the general description for all the mitzvahs. But nevertheless, the main quality of drawing down godliness, even though it applies to all the mitzvahs, is specifically by gemilas chasadim. When you help somebody, when you give someone a donation, when you give someone a loan, we, that draws down godliness in the most powerful way. And like it's, it's self understood, so like what's explained later on in the Chesedic discourse is that the, when the verse says Chesed, God says Chesed Chafatzli, my desire, my wish is that you should do Chesed and not sacrifices is actually an explanation on the verse where it says in the Torah in Kesef Talvis Ami that when you lend when you lend money, which is referring to what Kesef Talvis lending lending people money, and the same thing also with self understood in the Chesedic discourse, the reason. Like Gemilus Chesed is from one of the things that we know that when you do Gemilus Chesed, you do acts of kindness. So you're creating like almost like a spiritual fruit, a spiritual tree. The fruit from the tree you eat in this world, but the but the but the 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 principle you keep for the world to come. Why is that? Because when a person does Chesed, you're literally drawing down the most powerful part of godliness into this world. Now. So what did we just learned before we go further, we build on it, that what it says in the, in this week's Torah portion, in Kesef Talbis, God says, you're with me. When you do Chesed, you're with me. And the question is, what do you, why is that you're with me more than anything else? And the answer is because the whole purpose of God, that God created the world was because he wanted a dwelling place down in this world. So when you do Chesed, you're bringing godliness into the world. Versus sacrifices, you're elevating, you're, you're, you're transforming the world, you're getting rid of the world. And since God wants us to do Chesed, bring godliness into the world, that's why in Kesef Talmud, when you lend money to someone, God says, you're with me in my courtyard. It's brought down in the Yalkut, which is one of the one of the Madrashim, based on this verse we were just discussing, that God says, Ki chesed I want, I desire chesed, and not sacrifices. So he brings a powerful story, and the story is as follows. That once, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he was walking in the streets of Jerusalem. Behind Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was walking Rabbi Yeshua. He was walking behind him. And they give a look, and they see Nebach, the temple is destroyed. So they said, oh my gosh, woe is it that the temple is destroyed. Now what's the problem? Many problems. But what they were talking about, one component was, this is the place that people, when they sinned, they would come and they would have uh, a way to be atoned for their sins. So now how are we going to have an atonement for our sins? The temple is destroyed. So he tells him, my son, don't be afraid, don't be concerned. Because we have another means to create atonement for sins. What is that? So he tells him that's called Gmilus Chasadim. When a person does acts of kindness, when a person lends someone money, so then that also brings atonement. And that's why the verse says, Ki chesed chafatzti, zebach. And as I want chesed and not a sacrifice, because 
As we know, the verse says, The world is built on chesed. So now, even though we don't have the temple, through chesed we can create atonement. Now, he brings out the chesedic discourses. One second. What, what did we just learn? This powerful story. They look at each other and they say, Oh my gosh, how are we going to have atonement? And they say, guess what? You do chesed. So one second. When the temple stood, you also had the ability to do chesed. But what do they say? No, we have a new atonement. As if, so to speak, after the temple was destroyed, there's a new atonement of, 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 of chesed. What? Well, the temple's around. We didn't have the, the chesed opportunity. It's a new thing. It's all throughout the Torah. So he explains over there as follows. Based on what it says in the Talmud, Rabbi Yochanan said, there are six things that a person eats the fruit in this world, and the principle remains for, 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 for in the future when Mashiach comes, in the world to come. What is one of them? One of them is when a person spends time meditating and concentrating in prayer. So when a person prays, whether it's chakras, mincha, and mairiv, or any prayer you're doing, and you take a moment to think what you're praying, you meditate while you're praying, uh, and you, you, you focus on the prayer, so that will give you reward in this world, tremendous reward, plus you'll have uh, the principle um, in, in the world to come. So the Talmud asks, one second, what do Yechanan say? There are six things, and one of them is what is prayer? That you have the fruit in this world and the reward and, and the principle in the, world, in the world to come. But the question is asked, when we learned that there are things that a person does in this world and you have the fruit now in the world to come and only list three things. So is it six or just three? You're saying it's six. The fact that it says it's only three. And he, and he responds and he says very, very simple. Because some are included with the other one. What does that mean? It was, there, even though he he mentions only three, but but the other three are part of the three that the, the part of the, part of the main three. So it's really main three. The other six the, it means the extra three are part of the main three. What what what's the other three that's part of the main three? So Rashi explains that specifically when it comes to prayer, when a person meditates and and takes time to focus on prayer, it's part of gemilas chesed, doing acts of kindness. So the question is, what does prayer have to do with acts of kindness? And he brings a verse. The verse says as follows. Goimel nafshoi ish chesed. So what, what does goimel nafshoi ish chesed have to do? And he explains. Because nafshoi is on one hand is referring to a soul, right? But he, what we know that it's brought down in, in the prophets in reference to the famous story with Chana. That when Chana was praying, so it says, V'eshpoich esnafshi lepnei Hashem. I poured out my soul to Hashem. So you see from here that nafsh, nefesh is, all, is also referring to prayer. Again, by Chana it says, I poured out my soul to Hashem. What's her soul? She's praying. So nefesh is referring to prayer. So let's go back to the verse. So the verse says, Goimel nafshoi, someone that is nafshoi is referring to prayer, ish chesed. So that's why, even though it says it's, there's six, but then we find it's only three, so he says prayer is part of the, the, the other three. So in other words, chesed, in, in chesed is included prayer. Prayer is part of chesed, based on the verse, goimel nafshe yish chesed, nafshe is referring to prayer, like we see in the story of Hannah. So he explains in the chesedic discourses, this that Rabbi Yochanan Mazake says, in the previous story, 
that we have a, an, another atonement here that's going to bring atonement. What's the atonement? The atonement is gemilos chasadim. What is he referring to? What kind of gemilos chasad? So it could, could be literally giving charity, like we learned before. But he says, no, this is when a person does chasad, it's referring to, now we already know that prayer is part of chesed. So when he said we have a new atonement, the atonement referring to when a person meditates and focuses on prayer. Because that's part of chesed. Because we know the main part of prayer, as we know that the, the, there's a, we have three prayers we pray every day, chakras, mincha, mayrev. When was that established mainly? In, in exile. In the times of the temple, we went to the temple. Now we don't have the temple, we have the prayer. And prayer is in place of the sacrifice, but in prayer is connected to the idea of chesed. So one second. So the question is asked, one second. The prayer that we pray today, chakras, mincha, mayrev, they're, they're, what are they in the place of? They're in place of the sacrifices. What did we learn before? A sacrifice is milmatulamaila. You're transforming the physical world. You're elevating the world. But here we're saying is no, that prayer is connected to chesed. Chesed is in the country. You're bringing ungodliness into the world. So he explains very powerfully. He says like this. The prayers that we have, shachris, mincha, of morning, afternoon, and evening, what do they, what do they, what do they replace? They replace the, 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 uh, t- the sacrifice that were brought in the temple, the carbon tmidim, the, 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 the steady sacrifice that was brought every morning and every evening, and the musaf service, etc. Now, but what's interesting is the, the prayers that, that's replacing the sacrifices, which is the tmidim and musafim, the daily prayers and the additional prayers for Shabbos and Yantayv, what type of sacrifice are they? Those sacrifices are sacrifices which is called carbone sibor. It's not a personal sacrifice. It's a communal sacrifice. So communal sacrifice, server explains, is actually not melmata lamata, it's actually melmata lamata. So here you see something very, very powerful. There's two types of sacrifices. There's a regular sacrifice, like Chana, she was praying, so she was basically trying to get out of this world. When a person prays personally, you want to get out of the world. But on the other hand, when a community prays, we're praying to bring godliness down into the world. So when we say that the prayers that we do today correspond to the prayers, to the sacrifice of the temple, what sacrifices? The communal ones. So therefore, our communal prayers bring down godliness into the world, and that's why the communal prayers, the Ion Phil, the proper intention in prayer is the same thing of charity, because both of them are bringing godliness down into this world. And like it's, and like it's brought down the Medrash, the Medrash says, this that the Jewish people are called, um, uh, Rayasi. We're, so to speak, we're in a relationship with Hashem. Why is that? Because we would bring two sacrifices every single day, and because of that, we are in a relationship with Hashem. And like the, like the prophet says, we give them, we give them sustenance, that we give sustenance, so to speak, to God in heaven, which, what does that mean? We give God, sustenance to God in heaven, because by, by us bringing the sacrifice, we draw down the infinite light of Hashem into the Esospheros. So again, so you see that prayer, communal prayer brings down godliness into the world. Now, and this is what Hashem says, I want to have, I, I, what am I, what's my desire, chesed, and it should come down to the world, and when it says, but I don't want sacrifice, it's not referring to the sacri- the communal fra- sacrifices. When God says, I want chesed, it means draw down godliness, not sacrifices, it's referring to the 
personal sacrifices. Where it's all about you want to leave the world. But when we're, when we're talking about communal sacrifices, the carbon tumid twice by day in the morning and the evening, carbon musaf, that draws down godliness into the world. And like the Rebbe brings a very, very powerful teaching, really powerful teaching. You should write this one down. He brings from the Shach. Um, on his commentary on the Torah, where it says in the Torah, it says as follows. It says that, it says in reference to the sacrifice, it says milvad, which milvad literally is trying to be sides. Oilas, we know the sacrifice, that's the one that totally gets consumed on high. How boyka that's more in the morning. So the shach says milvad is made up of four letters. Mem, lamed, beiz, dalid. And it's, it's actually an abbreviation for four words. It's, it's, the mem stands for malva, which basically is a lender. Lamed stands for li'oni, to the poor person. The bay stands for bishas, in a time. And the salad stands for dachai, when he, when he's tight. So milvad, oilas haboiker means that when a person goes ahead and lends a poor person when he's tight, and you help the person out, that is like <coughs> bringing up a sacrifice, which basically... <coughs> It's just like a sacrifice you bring up in the morning, which is one of the, one, one of the, one of the daily sacrifices, which draws down godliness into the world, just like chesed. So you see there's a direct connection of the, of the communal sacrifice. When you help a poor person in, when you help a person when he's, when he's tight, so you're bringing down godliness, a sacrifice is bringing down godliness, and, um, and that's why the, the prayers are in the place of the, of the steady sacrifices, because the prayer accomplishes to bring down godliness down into this world. Now, so if that's the case, they're asked a question, so why is it that you have to do charity, literal charity in the times of the temple, if you had the, the communal sacrifices? <clears throat> However, when it comes to the, 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 the charity of prayer, which basically is um uh chesed. Why was that afterwards? You know, in the times of the temple, uh, you just had sacrifices. You also had charity as well. Today, what do you have? You have um, the the prayers, which were established only after the destruction of the te- uh, temple. So why do we have that now? We have that now, so we should be able to have the uh, same type of atonement like you had in the times of the temple. And the place, just like the times of the temple, there was a place that created atonement. So we have that now, but obviously if, the reason why we have it now is, so obviously there's, a, there's, a, there's something which is more powerful that takes place in the prayer of, 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 um, of, of charity, like we have it today, more deeper than the, than the atonement which took place, um, regular charity. So there were sayings like this. There's regular charity, you give charity. Amazing. But then you have the charity that comes through prayer. So on one hand, prayer we know is really but when you do it for a community, you're transforming it to bring it down. So that's the prayer of, 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 that's done through sacrifice, the, the prayer that's done like as a communal prayer, that actually brings it down even greater. Why is that? Never explain it like this. Generally speaking, we know, as we learned before, prayer in general, you're elevating from this world. Like we find the story with Hanad, right? She wanted to cleave to Hashem. And like the verse says clearly, Hashem. I was pouring out my soul my, through prayer to Hashem. And, and so from here we see that the prayer is, she's drew, she's, she's yearning to Hashem. Now, she's trying to go, she's trying to go up high. 
But what is the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal of prayer is not that you should go on high. The ultimate goal of prayer is, yeah, you want to cleave to Hashem, but you want the energy to come back down to this world. And to basically to add to that, and it's brought down like in the Hasidic discourses, when it says, Goyimel nafsho ishchaser, so there's two, actually, two, way, two, way, two ways to look at it. In other words, what, in other words, the verse says, Goyimel nafsho ishchaser. Ishchaser, let's do it, start from the end. Goyimel means, which will soon translate what Goyimel means, nafsho is pouring out your soul, which again is prayer. Ishchaser, a person of chesed. You see that prayer is connected to chesed. So there's two insights. Goyimel can be translated as a separation. Like, for example, it says in the Torah, by Yigdal Hayelad Vayigomel, that when the child grew up and he was weaned. So you see, Goimel is a separation. That's one insight. But Goimel also comes from, from not from a separate, it's actually giving. Like, Gemilas Chasadim. So you see, the same word of Goimel is a Goimel separation, like Vayigomel, or is it Gemilas Chasadim, you're giving. So Goimel can go both ways, separation and giving. Now, so goimel nafshoi, when you're talking about it, it says goimel nafshoi, that uh, uh, in in the, from the second way, which is basically where you're giving. Where does that take place? That takes place when you're praying. But who's praying? The godly soul's praying. And as when the godly soul's, pr- the essence of prayer, the, the the foundation of prayer is drawing up on high. But when they, when they, when, when just two people that are praying, when every one of us, we have a godly soul and an animal soul. So when the godly soul is praying, so he's praying, but his goal is to bring it back down here. He doesn't want to pray to leave. He wants to bring godliness. Godliness should be in his life. Morning, afternoon, whatever he's doing. But on the other hand, so that's the godly soul. But then you have the, the we said goimel means from disconnect, disconnection. So when we say goimel, actually the prayer which disconnects you, that's when the animal soul's praying. The animal soul wants to run away from everything. He wants to go away from the world. He doesn't want to exist. Powerful. What you're saying, it's an unbelievable point you're saying is that when you, when the prayer is taking place, so generally prayers you want to leave. But the godly soul wants to leave to be able to bring back godliness into the world. The animal soul just wants to run away. Get me out of here. What does that mean practically? In other words, when the animal soul is praying, and he and he's praying, he's cleaving to Hashem. It's not because he wants to bring that that godliness. He wants to just leave. He doesn't want to deal with challenges and problems. So, based on this, Shabbat explains beautifully this that we say that the prayer of the godly soul is called goimel nafshay, which again means he's bringing down godliness to the world. Which again, goimel also means separate, you know, on one hand you're praying to separate, but you bring it back into this world. That means even, and even the godly soul, even though he wants to bring it bound to this world, but he also has a component where he's leaving. Just like the animal soul. But, that the whole intent is to leave. So you see there's basically two, 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 two things that take place in prayer. On one hand, you want to leave. But the godly soul is all about bringing back the godliness into the world, versus the animal soul is actually leaving. Now, as we know, when it comes to atonement, slichan kapara, when it comes to atonement, there's two, there's two ideas in atonement. And those, what's the two ideas? And it was like this, someone did something wrong. God said to do the smithfield, you didn't do it. God says, don't do it, and you went ahead and you did it. You rebelled against God, you sinned against God. Now, how does atonement take place? How do you create atonement? You did something wrong. How do you fix it? You had you missed an opportunity to do a mitzvah, or you transgressed and you did something you shouldn't be doing. How do you fix it? And Rebbe explains, the way to fix it is, you have to draw down 
I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it. May Atmos from the essence of the infinite light, Baal Harotzain, the owner of the will. A mitzvah is a will of Hashem. Whether it's do this or don't do that, it's the will of Hashem. So how do you fix it? You have to go to the essence of the infinite light, the owner of that will. And because the owner of the will, and it's a powerful idea in Kabbalah, he's not he's not tied to that will. Hashem said, for example, 613 commandments. Do these 248, don't, don't do these 365. Obviously, we have to do them. But is God <coughs> constricted to those mitzvahs? You could change it. He could say, all of a sudden, boom, you don't have to do those 48, you don't have to do the you don't do any, you don't have to do anything. God can do that. So when you go ahead and you reach the place of Hashem, the essence of the infinite part of Hashem, the owner of the will, and in that place, he doesn't, he's not limited to the will. So then when you reach that place, so all the sins you've done go away because you reach the higher place. So in other words, one reason is how, how atonement works. You reach the infinite part of Hashem, the owner of the will, and that place, he's not, he's not constricted by it. So therefore you can have atonement. So God said, fine, I can forgive you. Another reason, even deeper, that creates atonement. That when you draw, when you when you bring down, when you draw down from the infinite part of Hashem, which again is the Baal sign, so what happens then is not that He forgives you, you draw in a new will, higher than the will that went away when you sin. When you went, when you sin, so God, you know, you lost, you lost it. But God brings in a new will, and when God brings in a new will, if you become Again, once again, united with Hashem, just like before the sin. And else, what the Rebbe is saying is like this: two, there's two ways atonement takes place. One way is you reach the level where the essence of the God, He's the owner of the will, and therefore He can forgive you. It's done. He, is, he doesn't have to say, "Okay, it was a bad." He can, He can, He can pardon you. The other way is that no, you reach that place, and from there He draws in a whole new will. And once He draws in the whole new will, you're fine. What's the difference? The difference is like this. In the first level, you, what you do, you reach the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, and everything gets, so to speak, wiped away, because God is, He doesn't, he, you know, even though he, He's wanted that mitzvah to happen, but He doesn't necessarily have to, He can choose, okay, fine, it was okay if you didn't do it. So He's really, dis, so he's really disconnected from the will. He doesn't have to have that will. He, he could have chose something else. That's one, one, that's, that's one level. Another, another deeper level is, this that we say you draw in a new will, not because he's disconnected, it's because he is the owner of the will and he can bring in new wills. In the first case, okay, he doesn't, he wants you to do the mitzvah, okay, so if you didn't do it, he's okay with it. And the second level is, he can bring in a whole new will, a whole new level. Why is that? Because when you're dealing with the level of will, there's, there's a limitation how much it could be drawn down. Now what happens is, when God wants you to do this, and you didn't do it, so the, the will of Hashem went away. However, so that's if you're only reaching to the level of Ratzon. But when you reach the level of the Baal HaRatzon, the owner of the will, so he's not limited in how, how it should draw, it'd be drawn down. And even after you did the opposite of the will of Hashem, and because of that unfortunate will went away, no, you can have a whole new will can come down. 
So when you get so deep and so high, a whole new will can come down. So based on this, Shabbat explains beautifully, he says like this. Now we'll understand why the main atonement takes place through acts of kindness. In Kesef Talbas Ami, Gemilz Chasadim, charity. Why? Because what is the internal will of Hashem? Not the will, the external will. The internal will of Hashem. What's the internal will? The internal will is that more light should come down to this world. Chesed chafatzi. God desires there should be constantly new wills of light into this world. God wants to focus on chesed should be coming into the world. Now, so what does, it, what does that mean? God wants that the rotten should take place. The will should come into this world. And also in reference to fixing anything that, was, that, was, that, that went wrong. However, when it comes to nullifying something that was wrong, uh, that well, how does that happen? Because the infinite part of Shem, the Baal Ratzon, he's disconnected from it. So there's there's a tremendous power that takes place with <clears throat> drawing down the light into this world, which comes by elevating the light. In other words, when a person goes ahead and wants to get relieve this world, so to speak, elevate the world. You want to go out from your from your existence. You want to nullify your existence. So what happens then is you reach the owner of the will, which is referring to Hashem, which is which is obviously which is totally above the will. Now, but when you draw down the light after you got elevated, you bring that power down to this world, and when you bring that power back into this world, you that's when everything gets get, get, goes away. So the Rebbe's saying is very powerful. He's saying it's like this. How does atonement take place? Atonement take place, yes. You have to be willing to totally nullify yourself, leave, and connect to where? Connect to the highest places of the infinite part of Hashem, the Baal HaRatzayin. But from there, not just to there to wipe out the sin, but to draw down more light into this world. That's the real power of atonement. You leave this world, you reach the highest place, but then over there, it's something, to, okay, we, the goal is to fix it, to bring down more godliness into the world. So based on this, Trevor explains beautifully, he says as follows. That's why the Torah says, When you elevate the head of the Jewish people, and what does it say in the Talmud? Moish Rabbeinus tells Hashem, God, how are we going to elevate the Karen of the Jewish people? And what does Hashem say? Knows, what's, what do you have to do? What does it mean, when you elevate? In other words, there's two components in Kisisa. One is by elevating the head of the Jewish people and the Karen, the power of the Jewish people, is just like the two components that we learned before of literally doing chesed, bringing godliness into the world. And the second component is chesed that's done through prayer. What does that mean as follows? What happens when a person goes ahead and sins? So there becomes a weakness, there becomes a downgrade, so to speak. In what? In the head of the soul. What, what is the downgrade? It's not that this head, God forbid, goes away, but it's not being revealed in the intellect and the emotions, like we call before the koichas of premium. That's just like when the light leaves when a person does something wrong. Another when the light leaves and it's not shining in the vessels. So what's the whole idea of elevating elevating the head? The goal is that the power of revelation of the head of the soul 
is as strong as before so that it can shine back into the intellect and emotions and when a person goes ahead and gives charity is like the atonement which basically you're fixing what was wrong just like a person gave charity so that's the first level by giving when you're giving charity fine you're bringing you're you're you're, you're, you're cleaning it up but Moshe went and wondered no 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 I'm not just worried about the roish the head I want to know how do we elevate the, the Karen the higher level why because since the downgrade not in the roish that was before but downgrade in the Karen not that God forbid that because the sin doesn't affect the Karen but but the problem is since what's the whole purpose I came down for a reason to bring godliness down to the world and I didn't do it how can I revisit the idea of bringing back godliness down to the world I missed the opportunity and that's why the Keter the goal was to bring godliness in the world and I want to be able to fix the fact that the intent of God of drawing down the essence of God into this world not the part of God which is connected to the Ratzin but he's not, he's not limited to it but the part of God which is totally disconnected and therefore Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem which we know Hashem is much obviously much more Kadosh and Muvdal is totally disconnected and he says to Hashem himself so what does Hashem say back to him? In other words, when Moshe Rabbeinu is going to elevate the heads of the Jewish people, that they're going to elevate it to the level of to the level of in front of a Kaddish Baruch to the highest level, to the essence of Hashem. So who has it have to happen? Hashem says, "Kisi, so Moshe, you have to do it." Why? Because what's Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu is a level of Chachma, and as we know that the, the, the order to 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 reveal the level of Seivitz through Malik, you need Moshe Rabbeinu to, to to elevate the Jewish people. Now, even though Moshe Rabbeinu's job is Kisisa, but he's able to bring down the, the Jewish people to the highest level of in front of Hashem, and that's how you're able to bring down, the, to, to, to elevate the level of the Karen, the powerful level of, 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 the, of the Jewish people. Now, so obviously Moshe Rabbeinu is able to elevate us to a high level, but in order to bring this back down to the Jewish people... So Moshe, it wasn't enough that Moshe, Moshe had to do something powerful, and he couldn't just tell them to give. Moshe had to actually take it from them, like Rashi says, "Kachmem You have to take it from them, the, the atonement. Why is that? Because Moshe had to elevate it to a higher level. And like we learned before, that when a person goes ahead and just does gives charity, so what are you drawing down? You're drawing down the will of the of, of the Baal Harutz and Hashem. But in order to reach the Baal Arachim, which is not limited to that will, that comes from the higher level of charity, which is the cha- the charity comes through prayer. So it has to be, where Moshe has to take it, and then you can even reach the higher level. In other words, you have to create um, an elevation, but the goal is to, to bring down the, power, the powerful source. So the same thing also applies when it comes to Koifer Nashay. That when we gave the charity, and we're drawing, it means we're drawing down godliness, that's one level. And then you can create the elevation in the head part. But when through Moshe Rabbeinu goes ahead and takes it from them, 
And those elevate, you know, the idea of elevating of charity. So then you're able to, you know, so even though you're leaving, but you're able to draw down a much powerful light, the light of the infinite part of Hashem, which is totally disconnected and much higher than the will. And through that, you're able to have not only the, the elevation of the head, but you're able to have the elevation of the caring Yisrael. And like the Rebbe finishes off powerfully, it says, the Karnai Torum Bakavoid, that the highest level of the Karen will be elevated, what? With honor. So here's another beautiful and powerful Hasidic discourse, a lot of obviously deep Kabbalistic ideas, and, um, a lot of powerful deep, deep Kabbalistic ideas, but here you see the real power of A, um, giving charity, helping people, Praying, but praying not just to leave the world, like the Nefesh of Bahamas, but praying, yes, we want to leave, but the goal is to bring down the godliness into the world, and we bring, and goals to reach the highest levels. Literally, the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, the Baal Harotzein, we can bring in the powerful light into this world, which brings a new Rotzein of Hashem, which will create the ultimate and greatest atonement. Thanks so much for joining us for our weekly Hasidus class, and let's hope, as we always finish off, that our next class will be Yerushalayim Ir HaKodesh. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.